2: 9 o'clock sports radio 94 WIP Joe Giglio with you Tucker Bagley is behind the glass you guys with us 215-592-9494 it's how you hop aboard I believe Jalen Hurts ends up when it's all said and done as the greatest quarterback in Eagles history agree or disagree I believe he's on the path there and he's becoming that on the path obviously this year with one of the great seeds we've ever seen uh, in an Eagles uniform and potentially an MVP season for Jalen Hurts. We, and we talked to Brad Spielberg. We're going to get to uh Checking in a second here. But we talked to Brad about a half hour ago for Pro Football Focus, and he mentioned he, he agrees with me that Patrick Mahomes should not be as big of a favorite for the MVP right now. I, Tucker, where do you land on this? So Right now, I would if I had a ballot and they actually have ballots now where you could write down more than one name. I would put Mahomes one. I'd put Agreed. Hertz two, two or three. I'd put Burrow four. I think Burrow's really come on, but the gap in the, in the betting odds, Patrick Mahomes is minus minus one forty. I don't understand it. He does the highest passer rating of the, let's say the top three hurts to a Mahomes. He doesn't have the highest passer rating. He doesn't have the highest QBR. He doesn't have the highest completion percentage. He doesn't have the best record. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. Like, MVPs at the quarterback position either have the best record or the overwhelming stats. Now he has the most touchdowns, most yards. I mean, his team throws the ball more than anybody, and he's a great quarterback. I just – it's weird that the gap is growing, but I don't understand what he brings to put him that
3: far above. Yeah, and I do think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and I do think he's more than deserving of being the MVP favorite. But – you look at what he did against, you know, the Rams, who are, are pretty putrid. They didn't have Aaron Donald for most of that game because he went down with a high ankle sprain. Twenty-seven of forty-two with one touchdown, one pick, and a quarterback rating of eighty-five. That's not better than what Jalen Hurts did on Sunday night against the Packers.
2: Nope, he has eight interceptions this year. Hurts and Tua each have three. Now Tua did miss two games, but they each have three, and he has eight. I, it's if Jalen Hurts leads the Eagles to a fourteen and three season, best record in the NFL and he has a higher completion percentage than Mahomes and is within striking distance of touchdowns overall, I think he could win the award. I I don't agree with the odds right now on all that. 215-592-9494. All right, let's get to our hot stove check-in. So I wasn't here last Tuesday, Wednesday, and and Wednesday, obviously, we got the news of how the surgery went for Bryce Harper, Tommy John surgery for Bryce Harper. Now, I got to say, I'm not going to call it, I'll call it misinterpreting information. I'm not sure, Tucker, It was a TK on? on uh... By the way, congratulations to Tom Kelly and his family as they
3: welcomed a new baby girl. Yes. I believe her name is
2: Catherine. Catherine.
3: He didn't like my suggestion of Kelly. Kelly Kelly. Yes. Now you can't do that. You can't, you can't do it. I, I mean, think it'd be the most Irish name you could, you could well, think of. Well, that's
2: true. It would be. But we congratulations to TK. Uh, so I'm not sure if it was TK, Jody, but they were on last week when I wasn't here. Um, so Wednesday we got the news of Bryce Harper. They, they went did the surgery, elbow surgery. It's Tommy John. Now I, I was kind of half paying attention. I I saw the news that I saw some of the reaction, but I noticed that it was like a misinterpreting of the information because Jim Salisbury first put out that he could be back in a competitive situation by May. Is that the way he worded it? He could be swinging the bat competitively by mid-May. And then I, I think people rush to think that means he's playing in the major leagues in May. Well, I don't think that's what Jim meant. And when the reporting came out after like everyone, Philly Say, John Clark, uh, Todd Zalecki, then it started to become All-Star break. And, there, and I saw people melting down, like, he's not going back to the All-Star break. Yeah. I mean, if competitive swings is is like, I would think, doesn't it strike you as May is his spring training? He gets on the field in Clearwater the second week of May and then or third week of May. And then it's like, all right, how long does he need to start playing for real in the major leagues? Now, maybe it's late June. Maybe it's not the all-star break. But I don't think there's any way in the world
3: Tommy John, he's playing in the Phillies lineup against the Mets in mid-May. No, I think best-case scenario is early June. Like, if you want to kind of set the line of demarcation, I think the clock starts ticking Memorial Day weekend. Right. And he'll be back on the field. He'll probably be in Clearwater at an extended training camp, spring training site. And then come June, he's in double A or triple A trying to work out his swing. I mean, I know we want to see him back in the lineup. And this team is really built around having Bryce Harper hitting third for them. But getting him healthy and getting him back to 100%. I mean, we saw him rush his rehab from that thumb injury. I know he hit, you know, 3 home runs in Lehigh Valley, it was unbelievable, but he wasn't the same. It took him quite a while to get back to being Bryce Harper. Once, the, you know, the playoffs rolled around, I wonder if they try to take it a little slower this time because they don't want that to happen again.
2: Right, and think about the break this time. Like that break was what, 2 months he was off or um, you know, a little less than 2 months from the actual break of his thumb to when he got back on the field in in Lehigh Valley. This break is, is an off season, right? So it's gonna when, be like eight months. Yeah. So he's going to need spring training. He's get his body back in shape to swing every single day. I mean, that takes reps. I mean, it's I mean, spring training for these guys starts in February and then the season starts in, in the late last week of March. Uh, I think that's the, the schedule this coming season. So, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe he accelerates that, but I, I'd still be surprised if it's, it's anything less than three weeks. I would think three to four weeks from when, he steps on the field, and it's like, all right, he's, he, his elbows healed enough where he could swing and do his, do his thing and get ready for the season. So, so I, you know, Dave Dombrowski said it's not going to alter their thinking this offseason. I think it has to alter their thinking this offseason. They're not going to have their best hitter until potentially the end of June or early July. It's it has to alter it, and I don't think there's an outfielder like I would. I mentioned Cody Bellinger a couple weeks ago, and, and I, I would take him. But other than Bellinger, I I really feel like the way they're going to replace his offense has to be shortstop. Like, doesn't it make it more pressing now they get one of these
3: shortstops? Yeah, I just don't think you can go into next season thinking, we were 12 games over 500 without him, let's do it again. Right? Like, do you really want to roll those dice and and, and press your luck? You're right. I I do think adding a shortstop and, and improving the middle of that team would be huge, especially because if you add someone like Xander Bogarts or Trey Turner, you're strengthening the team both offensively, and you're going to strengthen them defensively if Reese Hoskins is out there playing DH every day and you move Alec Bohm to first and then you have some combination of Nick Maton and Edmundo Sosa playing third base. I just think the saddest thing for Bryce Harper, this will now be five years for the Phillies and he still hasn't played in an all-star game. And he won't this year, obviously. Right. He made it last year, but he was down with the, the broken thumb. Imagine if I told you the day he signed his
2: first five seasons in a Phillies uniform. He would not play in the All-Star game, and yet everyone
3: in Philadelphia would be thrilled at, at that he's here. Because he won an NLCS MVP, an NL MVP, and a Silver Slugger?
2: Right, Like, but I left those parts out. You didn't know that. I just said to you, five years, not one appearance in an All-Star game, everyone is ecstatic he's here. You would say it doesn't make any sense. And then you would say, let me tell you about 2020. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of it, right? That, that would change a lot of things. And let me tell you about 2022, what he did in the month of October. But I, I think the Phillies could downplay it. I don't think they want to telegraph so they're going to spend a lot of money at shortstop to all these agents like, hey, no matter what, we need to get one of these shortstops. They need to. I mean, I, I, Bellinger is, is a guy I would bring in. And I think there's a bounce back at Bellinger and he could play right field or center field. And you, you you'd have a better defensive outfield with Bellinger out there, no matter what you do. And I think he could replicate some of the power of Bryce Harper in the first two months of the season. Cause he does still have power, but if they don't get Bellinger, they really have no choice, but to go get a shortstop because there's no other way to replicate the offense. Like they're missing a lot of offense and Tucker's right. There's no way they could just like, Oh, eh, we'll you know, we'll roll it back. Derek Hall will hit well for us again. And we'll still be really good without Bryce Harper. That's,
3: it's really hard to do. And adding Cody Bellinger, I think, makes a lot of sense, and he fits Dave Dombrowski's profile. I, I forget. I think it was during the World Series or during the NLCS. John Smoltz mentioned on the Fox broadcast that Dave Dombrowski likes betting on blue-chip players. Yep. He likes betting on guys with high profiles. He thinks when you know push comes to shove in big situations, guys who have blue-chip talent come through. That's why you have guys like Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber on this team. I know Cody Bellinger has sucked the last two years. He's one of those guys. He won an MVP. And he's, and he's been
2: a marquee player. Like, this is a guy that's a silver slugger, rookie of the year. He won a World Series, two-time all-star, a gold glover. Like, he, you know, we could say he's a one-hit wonder as a superstar, and that's true, right? 2019 is the only time Cody Bellinger was a superstar. But, only time he ever hit over two seventy, Right. But he still was really good as a rookie, winning, winning rookie of the year. He had 39 home runs. 39 home runs as a rookie in 2017. He came back the next year, played in every game, hit 25 home runs. Now he was down from his rookie year, but still, that, that's that's significant for a guy that's playing a lot of center field. Then he won the MVP, and then this past season, for as bad as he was, and he was he was poor, he still hit 19 home runs this past season. Like he still hit 19 home runs. and stole 14 bases. Like, is it Cody Bellinger by accident next year a 2020 guy? Just just a little bit better. Like he could be a 2020 guy with a Gold Glove. And it's not even like he was much better than he was this past year. I, I Of all of the interesting under-the-radar guys, he's the one. And I think he can replicate the power of Bryce Harper. So that, when I saw the Bryce Harper news, and it's a full Tommy John, Bell, the Bellinger idea we threw out three weeks ago on this show, it, I feel even stronger about it. And after that, go get a shortstop. You know he had six more home runs than Nick Castellanos? Yeah, for as bad as we're saying, he, uh, you just said it, he was terrible offensively.
3: I mean, how much worse was his slugging percentage than, than, than Castellanos? Uh, they were identical. Oh. <laughs> Their OPS, was, Castellanos, was, was 40 points higher because he walked a little bit more. And yeah. 263 as opposed to 210. But they they both slugged 389.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is that they can, it's a hedge on each other, right? At this point, you can make a case that Castellanos and Belger both stink. Offensively, I, mean, I think that's fair to say. But may, there's a chance one of them bounces back next year. I don't know which one it is. I mean, probably Castellanos is more likely, but I don't know.
3: So you'd say, but he'd sh- also work in a platoon
2: too, right? Sure. I mean, Castinos if you look at Castellanos' numbers, he was much better against lefties. And I would guess without looking at without looking at Bellinger's, you know, deeply,
3: I would guess he he hit better of what he did. He's yeah, re- He only hit 209 against righties, but his uh his power. percentage was 412. As opposed to 333 against lefties. Yeah.
2: So his power still came against against the right-handed pitcher. It is a platoon. I mean, you could have platoons in center and and, and right next season with the Veerling, Marsh, and then Bellinger, Castellanos, and the other one. Like if they get hot, they could DH. Like you could find a spot in the lineup for these guys by making that happen. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll keep doing the hot stove check-ins at nine each night, and then next week we'll do a lot because next week we have the winter meetings, which Tucker and I are trying to angle our way to get out to San Diego.
3: Yeah, I mean, they were so eager to send you to San Diego last month. I don't know why they can't do it now.
2: Now, how about an extra ticket for you? You think that's possible?
3: Probably not. I'm starting to learn that there aren't many tickets available for for evening producers. What if we just do this, or right, just just quickly? And it's just but between... you put me in a duffel bag the way people do with their small dogs sometimes.
2: So can I drag you? I mean, I'm I'm not the world's strongest man. I mean, like I I just I don't know if I could carry the duffel bag. Without hurting my... I think su- people would be suspicious. <laughs> why, why is this guy out of breath bringing his bag on the plane? Um, I mean, Could I check you at security so I don't have to drag you the whole time into, into the plane? Imagine the baggage guy trying to throw me on that little conveyor belt. <laughs> what is this? And then you're like an oomph. Um, all right, but what if we just do this? What if we just... Because I had... A, recently, I had to take a couple trips for the company, right? Like, I went to Houston for the World Series. And last week, I, I was down in Maryland for uh, my Beck UL show. So, like, I, I know how to expense things now. I never had expense things because we just do a normal radio show from Philadelphia. What if we just bought the tickets, went, and expensed the whole thing? I think they'd be okay with that. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. Yes, and the fact that we're doing this on the air, I'm sure, won't hurt at all. Let's talk to Charles in Collingswood. Hey, Charles. Hey, guys. What's up, buddy? What are you thinking tonight?
4: Yeah, I called you over a year ago. I told you Jalen Hurts was going to win us three Super Bowls. I hope you're right, uh, Charles. Uh, they're on the path
2: to one, so we can start there. That that would be um, well. I, I'll say it this way, Charles. If you're right on your prediction, then my prediction that he'll go down as the greatest Eagles quarterback ever will easily be correct. Absolutely.
4: Uh, can I tell you about my bets I made? Yes. So I wanted to make before the season started. I wanted to make three bets. One, the over, right? Easy bet, and that just hit, right? Two Jalen MVP, and that could hit. You,
2: I think at worst you you made a good bet. What number did you get? Well, I didn't get any number.
4: I didn't actually. Bet oh, you that didn't one. bet him. Okay, so Charles. No, what, but but number three, uh, Eagles win the Super Bowl, and I bet fifty on that, thirty-one odds. That's
2: a great number. Uh, I believe the best number, Charles, on Jalen. Was about forty or fifty to one at some point early in the offseason, and then it was at twenty five to one before
4: the season started. Yeah, and I wanted to bet it, and I would have bet it I had I had the funds. But I, you know, the one that I did get off was the Super Bowl, and I have never wavered in my in my ongoing belief in Jalen, and that belief started the first game I saw him play because he protected the ball. Right? Do we understand this? Well, and it's – Charles, it's
2: so important to – so two things he does, and I I noticed it right away too in that first game, Charles, and and we've watched it play out in his career here. Two things he does at a really high level. He doesn't turn the ball – turn the football over, and he he doesn't take a large number of sacks. They don't have negative plays. Like his running ability gets him out of sacks, and he's smart with when he throws the ball into coverage and when he doesn't. So there's no negative plays.
5: No.
2: He's the best
4: quarterback we've ever had.
2: I think he will be, Charles. I think when it's said and done, he will be. Charles, I appreciate the phone call. Um, now, again, every time we have this conversation, it's it's a projection, right? You look at his numbers, his career. It's, it's, it's early. It's in the infancy of his career. But I, the projection – I have is he's on that path he's becoming the best quarterback they've ever had he has intangibles which will last him a lifetime as a leader Um, I think he will have the backing of the organization with a contract extension coming up this offseason. so he'll be around a while now will he age gracefully as a player I don't know I mean I I I would tend to think he probably won't because he takes a lot of hits and he he runs but again we're not talking about a, a franchise here with the Eagles that has had an Aaron Rodgers that has had a Brett Favre that has had, you know, a, a Dan Marino, a, a, G, we, a, a Tom Brady. Like, they, 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 those guys don't exist here. Where it's like, yeah, come on, man. He's got to do this for 16 years to be the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. No, he doesn't. If Jalen Hurts plays at a high level for the next five or six years and gets to, let's just say it this way. If he plays at a really high level for the next five or six years and gets to a certain Bowl, he ties McNabb in terms of, like, overall. If he wins one. He's easily the best quarterback in Eagles history. This is not – the bar here isn't like, hey, you get drafted by the Packers. Can you become the greatest Packer quarterback ever?
3: Well, no. You probably can't. No, I mean, if he just went 8-8 eight and eight, or 8-9 eight and nine now because it's a 17-game season, for five years that would put him fourth all time <laughs> and, and wins as an Eagles quarterback. It's crazy. Like there really are three guys who have been franchise quarterback for the Eagles for a long period of time, and that's McNabb, Jaworski, and Cunningham. Everyone else, like we've had thoughts about this, right? Like we thought Carson Wentz was the answer. We thought Nick Foles, Nick Foles, was the answer. Maybe Sam Bradford at a point. Some people thought were the answer, but there's been three guys in the ninety some year history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and and he's already like I saw a
2: list like when I was thinking about this this thought that I think he could become this. I was looking up like lists of and who's ranked two at the greatest quarterback, and I think Jimmy Kemski before the year did a ranking, Like and I think it hurts eleven. Before this year started, and really, what did Jalen Hurts accomplish before this year? He just he went 9-7 and seven or whatever he was last year, 8-7 as a starter, and made the playoffs and lost, got blown out in the playoff game, and he was already 11. And that list, I believe, included the pre bowl guys. So like before this season even started, he rolled out into the season a top 10 quarterback probably in their history. And now this season has, has vaulted him up those rankings, and I believe when his career is over, he's going to end up here as the best quarterback in franchise history, 215592 five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll come back. We'll hear from Jalen Hurts on this offense. On an analogy he's used a couple times, and I like it for how he describes the offense. Sometimes they could pass, sometimes they could run, they could do things at a high level. We'll hear from Jalen Hurts next Your phone calls on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Tell you how bored on this Tuesday night as we discuss Jalen Hurts and his trajectory on the all-time Eagles quarterback list. We did get the news earlier. Eagles will not be flexed in week 14 against the Giants. That game stays at 1 o'clock. The Sunday night game was the Broncos and Chiefs. That's out. Because no one wants Russell Wilson on prime time. By the way, Russell Wilson, if the Broncos want to cut him after this year, it's a $107
3: million cap hit. Do you think they could trade him? Like, for what? I mean, you'd have to attach picks. <laughs> though the way the Texans did when they traded Brock Osweiler to, to Cleveland. A year ago. And they don't really have picks. They just traded five of them for him. Oh, Forget a year ago.
2: Last February, was it? WIP, like this radio station, us, now, again, I, I I'm part of it, so I, I, I have to take the blame here for this, but I was I was trying to push everyone against this. WIP said we wanted Russell Wilson as the Eagles quarterback in twenty twenty two. Has there it might be the biggest flop of a of a station thing? <laughs> like one guy might might win the MVP in the Super Bowl this year, the other guy might be the
3: worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like we got that one wrong. I'll, I'll put my hand up. I, I was on the Russell Wilson train.
2: That I just like,
3: they, like whatever. Long
2: term, whatever was side was going to be right was going to be right. It doesn't really matter. But the egregiousness. <laughs> How big of a gap it is right now? I don't think anyone saw coming. All right, let's hear from Joe and Hurts how he describes the offense. This is the second time he's just used this reference. I think it's interesting. Hurts Sunday night about the run game, pass game, how they could be good at different things, different games.
4: I've mentioned often the importance of being able to attack teams in different ways, and you know, I feel like you know, for us as a, a football team, as an offense, it's like your favorite steakhouse, your favorite restaurant, five star bougie restaurants you like to go to you know you have your steak of the day your selection of the day the chef's sh- selection you know I feel like for us we can kind of do you know do it all you know we we have to you know I, I think we do we do everything at a pretty consistent basis that's what we strive for and I think we've done that at moments this this year and I think that's our standard you know and I
2: so a couple of things there. One, I agree with him, uh, and they've shown this year they could win in multiple different ways. They've they had passing games early in the season, the Washington game, um, you know, off the charts, the Minnesota game in week two, off the charts, throwing the football. They've also had a game like they just had on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers where they, they ran for almost 400 yards in the game, including two 100-yard rushers. I think Jalen Hurts is right. They've shown they could do it in multiple ways. So, he's right. Now, his analogy with the five-star restaurants, the bougie restaurants, uh, chef, of the D- Chef's uh, Choice, chef whatever he called it, he's right, and it's interesting. But you brought up something, Tucker, about his, his analogy of the five-star
3: restaurants that, like, not everyone really goes to those. No, I think you should have used, like, a diner or something. You know how you go to a diner and the the, the uh, menu's, like, eight pages long? Yeah. Or you go to a, a certain factory that's known for dairy desserts, and, and their uh, menu's, like, a, a three-ring binder that that's you know two inches thick that makes more sense to me i think that's more appropriate well, than telling he... sports writers to make thirty thousand dollars a year <laughs> about how much he loves five-star restaurants
2: well now I, my guess is because he can't relate to the things you said now i
3: mean sure he's been to
2: a diner in his life but like you think he goes to diners now in philadelphia probably not no i would guess he if he goes out to eat it's probably at a five-star restaurant once in a while most of us can I'm I'm looking right now at a list of five star restaurants in Philadelphia. I I've been to maybe one of these. I, I don't understand how you become a five star restaurant. Who votes on
3: this? Is yeah, this, who decides? Is this Google reviews? Cuz like Michelin stars, they don't give you more than like 2 or 3. Right. Now there's there's a
2: lot, lot of five star restaurants. Philadelphia's got got a great I should go to more of these restaurants. I mean I don't really have the money to do, but
3: they seems like there's a, actually a good expense them uh, as show research. I think I've been in one of these. Let me see clicking now. Have you ever been to a five-star restaurant? Uh I believe I went to one last around this time last year with the Phillies broadcasting. Okay, so but one. But that was it and I'll tell you that was the nicest meal I've ever had. Other than that I drive through McDonald's and Popeyes on my way here. <laughs> I just
2: yeah, I mean I, I don't I, I honestly don't know if I've been like when I, I I think we all know rest certain restaurants are a little bit more higher end. Pric- prices stand out to me more than the stars.
3: Like, when I'm looking up a restaurant I might want to go out with my wife to, like, the prices stand out more than the stars. Hey, you know, you look something up on, like, the, the Maps app, and it pops up with, like, the number of dollar signs. Dollars, yeah. and I, I'm i in the one to two dollar sign range.
2: Yeah, like, one, I, I guess for our anniversary, once a year, we'll, like, we'll go to the higher number, the higher, um, you know,
3: money signs.
2: But I, don't, but I don't know if those are five-star restaurants. I just know they cost me more when the check comes.
3: Right. I think we do need a standard system on, on restaurant stars. Are we are we willing to revamp this? I mean, we have the time. Yeah, do we have the manpower? Could you and I do it on our own, or do we need help? I think we'd be able to figure it out. Okay, so, I mean, if we eat three meals a day, we could probably get it done in a couple months. What, you, like we're gonna go out to all these restaurants and star them?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is more work than I'm 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 up for. No, I just mean every time you go to a restaurant from now on, from now on, I, I need a review and a star. That works That's it That's all I'm asking for We could do it with the audience too You go to a restaurant I went to a restaurant on
3: Saturday I would give it like two and a half stars Okay You're not going to say the name right You're not going to do that No you know what's weird And this is something I had a really weird interaction with the waitress Because I ordered a hamburger And it came with fries And my fries never came Okay And I thought that's odd And when she'll come back I'll ask And she came back And I was looking down And my girlfriend said something like Hey he never got his fries And she just stared at me for like 30 seconds did she think you ate them and was trying to pull one over her? I don't know she just looked at me and I thought like I did something wrong did am I in trouble like she looked at me like really angry so and what disappointed did she say and finally she just goes okay I'll get those for you and I'm like okay that that would be nice that, that's all I need it that- was it was really weird she just stared at me for Just an awkward amount of time. My my guess is, based on how long you think it was, I think she was thinking that maybe you had eaten them. Which would have been impressive, because I had only gotten my food like 30 seconds earlier. Okay. And then she went to the back and brought them back like 90 seconds later. It wasn't that long at all, and and then she apologized. But it it felt weird. It felt like I had done something wrong and, you know, crossed (laughs) some sort of line.
2: Aren't the fries supposed to be on the same
3: plate as the burger? They weren't. But uh, typically... Usually they are, yeah. Same basket, place.
2: plate, whatever, you know, depending on the place. Usually they come together. Yeah, but not here. Yeah, I, I mean I, you know that's why I guess that's why it's only a two and a half star restaurant in our, in our new system here. Don't know the name of the place, but they stay, get chicken wings though. Stay away from it. Scott's in Allentown. What's up,
5: Scott? Hey, how are we doing tonight, guys?
2: Good Scott. Just talking about five star restaurants at Jalen Hurts. What are you thinking? Well
5: you know I'm not, not in the same uh bracket as Jalen Hurts as far as uh Attending restaurants with five stars, but I understand what he's trying to say. But I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about tonight about the Jalen Hurts and the Jenkins thing, you know. Jalen, of course we all have to agree he's on pace for to be be the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. And with Jenkins, I, I think we should bring Jenkins back, you know. It was a shame he had to leave. It's kind of like uh, a cap thing, I guess. But what I really wanted to talk tonight, you know, just I remember when I was playing football in high school, and we had like these old guys that would come in when it would get to the playoff time of the year, and these guys would come in the locker room and they would just start saying, "How sweet it is!" How oh, sweet it is, you know. And that's just such a great thing for a, a, a player to hear and feel. And the fan base in Philly, you know, we've always looked for what we have right now and and kind of hoped for it to stick and say, you know, with their peers and made that, that announcement at the parade about this is the norm now on, and then the collapse of – uh a wrench, and then what just happened with, with that whole thing just kind of left a bad taste and, and I think a lot of the, the fan base's, uh, mouth was what had happened there. You know, but right now I think the Eagles are just such a, a great position, not only for what we have to go in this year, but just the future of the Eagles. You know, we're just, we're in such a sweet place.
2: Well, Scott, they are. Um and and they're in a it's interesting. and Scott, man, I appreciate the phone call. It's they're in a good place because they have a young quarterback and a lot of younger pieces that are going to be here a while. Like think about the offensive line. Jordan Mailata is going to be here a while. Dickerson could be here a while. Now, Kelsey and, and Lane Johnson will not be here a while, but they have Cam Jurgens, who they drafted and obviously believe highly in behind them. So you would think maybe three strong pieces of the offensive line here and and with the way the Eagles do offensive linemen and draft them, I, they'll replenish that. They have Jalen Hurts, 24 years old, under contract for at least one more year. you think he's going to be around a long time. A.J. Brown, young, contract extension. Devontae Smith, years away from even eligible for a contract extension. Uh, and then, you know, they have some pieces on defense that are, that are younger, too. When you talk about Jordan Davis and you talk about the linebackers they have right now with the TJ, who is a free agent. Um, but the Kobe Dean behind him, they drafted him. Uh, Gardner Johnson, I imagine they're going to re-sign him. So th- there's a lot of good pieces here moving forward that they um, they should be a good football team for a long time. But I saw something last week, which is was kind of interesting. And I, I mentioned earlier this year, I, I think this team, like, they... This is probably their best chance to win a Super Bowl for a lot of reasons. And Jalen Hurts is going to get paid at some point. It changes the entire roster. But did you know 60% of their snaps on defense this year have been played by impending free agents? It's the most in the NFL. They have a lot of work to do on that side of the ball. Just, I mean, they could bring some of these guys back. It doesn't mean like they need to get new players. But like the defense could be a lot different next year.
3: Yeah, and you think about the guys that You're talking about, which is James Bradbury, who signed a one-year deal. Javon Hargrave is an impending free agent. Fletcher Cox is technically an impending free agent. Um, Gardner Johnson. White, TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps. I think CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's six of your 11 starters right there immediately. And and you expect some of those guys to come back, but you're right. It's going to be tough to keep this unit together and credit Howie Roseman For jumping on some of these guys at a cheap deal like Bradbury when he got released by the Giants in, you know, the the middle of the summer. But it's going to be like this isn't a team that's built to last right now. It's why. So um,
2: I was looking at the the draft status right now, the draft uh, updated draft order right now uh, after week 12 in the NFL. So right now, if you look at the draft order, obviously, we know the Eagles have the best record. So their pick is at the end, right? They would be projected right now to finish with the 32nd pick or have the 32nd pick in the draft. The New Orleans Saints right now, which their pick goes to the Eagles, are projected or, or in the spot right now to have the sixth pick in the draft. That could easily end up a top-five pick. I mean, it could. Uh, Texans are one. Bears, two. The Lions from the Rams, which is crazy, is, are three. Seahawks from the, from the um, Broncos with the Russell Wilson trade is four. Panthers, five. I could see the Panthers winning one more and, and jumping the Saints or flip-flopping. It could be a top-five pick. Without much, you know, projecting. And a lot of those teams in front of them are quarterback needy, too. Yes. So the thought I had was based on everything we just talked about, based on Hertz getting paid at some point, probably a lot of money, and all the players we have to replace, I think there's a real chance that Howie Roseman trades that pick for a haul, like turns it into four or five picks to try to replenish the team if they're going to pay Jalen Hurts.
3: I think he almost has to. I think it makes sense, and you know, I think back to twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. You kind of look at the trajectory of Carson Wentz's career. He was going to go up as that team went down, as guys like Malcolm Jenkins and, and the rest of that team aged. Right, Jason Peters was getting older. The wide receivers like Alshon Jeffrey were getting older. Zach Ertz was getting older. Although he was replaced by Dallas Goddard, you can kind of say the same thing about Jalen Hurts. Like they have a great team around him as a rookie. The only way for them to really sustain this success. Is for him to earn that $45 million, right? For him to earn his paycheck on a weekend, week out basis. It's the only way you can really sustain success in the NFL with a high priced quarterback. Right. And let's say they have the fifth pick in the draft. Like, would it help the Eagles and help the
2: team around Hurts if they draft a superstar there? I mean, whatever, an edge rusher, defensive lineman, corner, whatever. whatever. I don't, you know, not, not sure quite at this point who's going to be in that mix to be the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah, it would help. Like, if Will Anderson is there, the pass rusher from Alabama, but, you know, If Tucker's right, if the quarterbacks go one, two, three, if there's a run on quarterbacks, it's going to be tempting if Will Anderson is there. People have talked about him as maybe the best pass rusher to come out of the NFL draft since, I, I mean, I don't know, Von Miller. Like, you know, he could be a great player. But what would be more valuable with Jalen Hurts making million million a year? Would it be a Von miller S player on defense, or would it be three or four extra first-round picks to get more players to put on this team? it's going to be the debate of the offseason. I think it's actually going to be a bigger debate than paying Hurts. Like, are we really going to debate much about should they pay Gio and Hurts? No, I think it's going to be like, hope it's not too much. Hope it's cat team friendly. Do they pay him first? Do they wait until Burrow signs? Do they wait until Herbert signs? You know, that's that's really going to kind of be the conversation around his contract. I don't think it's going to be a big thing. Like, I'd be surprised if there's much discussion on WIP of not giving Jalen Hurts a contract unless he gets hurt to end this season or something you know, out of the ordinary changes I think it's just going to be kind of uh, assumed they're going to give him a contract this offseason the debate this offseason is going to be do they use the fifth pick in the draft or do they trade it for a haul and if they're paying Jalen Hurts I think there's a real chance they have to trade it trade down and accumulate a bunch of draft picks around this guy 215-592-9494 Steve in A. Harbor Township has a thought on the Phillies offseason here what's up Steve
4: yeah, how you doing? Yeah, two things. Definitely bring back, uh, Jen- Jenkins. I, I mean, the guy, guy probably still is a hell of a player. He's got great instincts and he's another coach on the field and that guy can just tell people where they're supposed to be. I mean, we know how valuable he was in our Super Bowl year and how valuable he was after that. As far as Bellinger from uh, LA, I don't, I don't want that guy. He's an uppercut swinger. He's always trying to hit home runs. He's not a good hitter. He had one year, one year. And that's why I'm not a really big believer in Stott. Stott's got that really big uppercut swing. Um, He should be more of a line drive hitter. I don't care what anybody says. The uppercut swingers, is just too much. We need hitters. And I'd like to see Hall get a shot because Hall hit to all fields. He hit the left field. He hit home runs to left field. He hit home runs to right field. He he, that We had the perfect par, park for Derek Hall. And let's face it, I mean, if it wasn't for our, some of these kids coming up last year, we also wouldn't have been where we were at the end of the year.
2: Well, you're right about that. Um, and, I, Steve, if they don't sign a guy like Bellinger, if, if they kind of keep that, that left-handed you know, bat open for, to replace Harper, I think it's, it's going to end up what you're saying. I think Hall's going to get a chance to, to be that guy and play against righties, you know, at least until Bryce gets back.
4: And I think what he did last year, he deserves a shot. He came up. I mean, let's face it, that guy came up, and there was, you know, there was pressure on him obviously to perform. I and mean, we, we just lost Harper. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know how long, you know, he. We knew he was going to be out. We we didn't think I, I didn't think he was going to be out three months like he like he pretty much was, but he came up and did a more than satisfactory job, and uh, when he came in, and his, some of his uh, some I mean, the guy had 12 or 13 home runs in the third of a season. I mean, you know. I mean, obviously, they're going to make adjustments on him, he's got to make adjustments on them. But, you know, we, we got Dombrowski in here, and he definitely improved our, our our farm system some. This kid obviously looks like he's uh, got potential. So... At least give him a shot. I mean, you know, stop, stop not giving these guys a shot. That's been, I think, a problem with the Phillies. They wait too long to give our guys a shot. They go somewhere else, like the guy in Seattle. I mean, uh, Crawford. I mean, he, they didn't give him a shot. Look what he's done. Oh, I mean, he's, he's a really, of, he's really good player. Yeah, he's a gold glover. A very
2: good player. Gold glover, yeah. valuable player. Steve, you're right. And I appreciate the phone call. I mean, here's how good JP Crawford is out in Seattle. The Mariners have reported some interest in. Turner Bogarts, right? These, these shortstop class, you know, they don't want to move JP Crawford off a shortstop. Like they're they're basically like, yeah, we'll be interested in Trey Turner. You could play second base. We have, we have a shortstop. Crawford won a gold glove last year. Yeah. yeah. He's really good. Um, Is the Derek Hall thing. Is anyone else think it's strange how it played out this year? Like you look at his numbers and then as soon as they didn't need him anymore, they froze him out. I know some of it was roster crunch things. There's only so many spots. But I just found it bizarre that like the, the, the minute they didn't need Derek Hall anymore, which was basically when Bryce Harper came back, they didn't find a spot for him.
3: They didn't call him back up. when the, He
2: never came back, right, when the minor league season ended?
3: He never came back here. No, I think he was with the team in the playoffs, but he was never on the postseason roster. Yeah, and, and some of those postseason um, series, they, had, they were basically just wasting the final spot
2: on the roster. Wasn't Dalton Guthrie at the one or one or two of the series? Yes. And he didn't play because they didn't, they didn't take, you know, my thought was, all right, you you put Dalton Guthrie in the roster and then Castellanos comes off the field late in the game for defense. Well, they didn't do that. And obviously Castellanos made a couple of big catches, one in Atlanta and one in Houston. But I, it was just odd. The Derek Hall thing it was odd. It was like they had no choice but to give him a chance. He did well for what they asked him to do. And then as soon as they didn't need him anymore, they pretended he didn't exist. And we'll see. This offseason I think will be telling because – It'd be very easy for them to just say, all right, Derek Hall, you get the bat bats against righties until Bryce Harper gets back. You're the DH against righties. Just lock it in, no questions asked, easy. But if they if they pursue a Bellinger, if they pursue a left-handed bat, they could play the outfield, then I, I don't think Derek Hall's going to get a chance. I mean, I, I don't know where he would get the chance because, I mean, Reese Hoskins is going to play over Derek Hall. I mean, the Phillies have established that. That's not a question. So, I mean, Derek Hall's path to playing is the DH spot against righties until Bryce Harper comes back. They could go that way, but I, something tells me that—I I don't know, but do they not trust Derek Hall? Do they not believe what he did is
3: real? It's, it's kind of weird. Does he have any trade value, or do other teams think the same thing? Well, he's older, right? He's not a prospect. He's not, he's not. And t- he's never been, like, a top prospect. Like, no. he doesn't really have much pedigree behind him. Now, he's not as athletic
2: as this guy. I don't think he could ever play the outfield. I mean, is he going to end up like a, a Darren Ruff, where, he, like, years from he goes, like he goes somewhere else, I don't know, Japan, Korea, and then he comes back and hits for someone? I mean, his power was real. I felt that watching him. Or is he him. Brandon Moss, who but, went to the
3: A's and made an all-star team? So you're saying there's a, a, a Derek Hall to the A's trade on the horizon? I think the spectrum of Derek Hall's career is somewhere between Darren Ruff and and Brandon Moss.
2: But that means there's some production there in the big leagues. Like that, those guys were productive when All Stars or or really good for a year or so or two. So, uh, I think it's interesting to watch to watch that whole thing play out. Um, I, I but I I do like the Ballinger thing. I I I know he strikes out a lot. I. Free agents that don't cost a lot of money are not perfect players, isn't that like if he was if he was all those things that Steve doesn't like about him, he'd be a four hundred million dollar player, a three hundred million dollar player. There's a reason why he got basically non-tendered by the Dodgers. I mean,
3: teams wanting Kyle Gibson.
2: The Pirates apparently want Kyle Gibson. He,
3: That's weird. I feel bad for the Pirates.
2: So I saw John Heyman had a, uh, a an article last night that it, the Kyle Gibson's market is heating up. The Pirates are interested. I, I'm saying to myself, how
3: hot could this market be? Did it go from zero teams <laughs> interested to one? And how much money can we be talking about if the Pirates are interested? I mean, what was their payroll this year, like $45 million? Right, like what are they, they're not going to give Kyle Gibson a quarter of their payroll. No, and Kyle Gibson has a role in the majors that's just an innings eater, but if you're trying to win baseball games, you don't sign Kyle Gibson. Well, no, and if you're trying to win them, you don't pitch him. That's why we didn't see him other
2: than the uh, the game three when the Phillies were blowing the doors off the the Astros. We didn't see him in the postseason, right?
3: Is that it, or is he pitched against the Padres? No, I think he pitched against the Padres in the game they lost eight five. The Nola game, yes. Remember when Aaron Nola blew a four a nothing lead or five nothing lead? Yeah,
2: it's it's funny. That was cool. Yeah, the, the Nola was it was the tale of two Nolas in the playoffs, right? He was either his his best or he was pretty mediocre
3: yeah and it's funny because you go back and you look at their like i don't think you can fault him or zach wheeler for their production in the playoffs they both pitched well but the phillies lost a lot in aaron nola and zach wheeler starts the same way they did in the regular season they they ultimately they were who they were right that was the phillies they didn't actually win when their best pitchers pitched except when we talked about them we we're like well they have wheeler and nola so that's why i just think it's <laughs> funny like they got Wheeler and Nola. That's four wins if they get four starts. It and they never win. happened that way. They didn't win, those and games. it wasn't really their fault half the time. But right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like the Wheeler
2: game against the um, against the Braves. At, you know, he did pitch poorly. The, the Reese made the error, and then
3: and they didn't score. And they right, did, and right. they got no hit. in Nola's World Series start. Wheeler got taken out before the Alvarez home run in, in Game Six. And they barely hit in that game. That was just the one home run by Schwarber. Remember when Mundo Sosa almost went yard? That camera
2: angle. That I think the cameraman was just playing tricks on us because the ball really wasn't that close to going
3: out when he caught it. It was. It was at the warning track. It was like hit off the wall or anything. Yeah, I mean, if he had yanked it fifteen feet further towards the left field line, it would have ended up in the Crawford boxes. But I it was wasn't conv- that close. I was convinced off the bat with the camera angle. Me too. And the way he pimped it and yeah. you know flipped the bat. Yeah, imagine he, I have mundo Sosa winning Game Six of the World Series for the Phillies. Yeah, that, well, that
2: would have been wild. We we didn't quite get that, but we did have ourselves. A heck of a run um, for the Phillies in the, in the postseason. All right, so fun show tonight. We're back tomorrow at 6. A lot to talk about on a Wednesday night. Looking forward to the Titans game and the weekend here. Do we have uh, – is it a Rob Cherry night or is it Jody Mack tonight? It's Jody Mack tonight.
3: I did see Rob Cherry literally in the building. He sat right there for a while. Yeah. I think he was doing uh, best of the year stuff. Oh, year. You know how he does that? Year in review? Is that what it's I, called? Year, yeah, how could you not know? I mean, it's the Rob Cherry production. It, it's, it's one of my favorite things that Rob does at WIP. It's one of the ways that I know it's the holidays. It's like I'm driving to my parents' house on Christmas morning and I hear Rob Cherry's voice. So Christmas music, decorations, Santa Claus. Rob Cherry talking about how the Phillies lost
2: 15 games in the month of September. I mean, that's, that's the Christmas season for you. All right, Jody Mack up next. It's a uh, Tuesday night hang with Jody Mack up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.